0: Now you can find, listen, and subscribe to Chilling with Jensen, the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast, in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen from Danfoss Climate Solution, Cooling Division. Today we will be talking about microchannel heat exchangers with focus on condensers. Today I'm talking with uh, Mustafa Yannik. Uh, Mustafa, could you please uh, introduce yourself? Where are you and uh, what do you do?
1: Uh, my name is Mustafa Yannik. I am located in US and I work for Danfoss and as uh, the director of global application experts. And I've been in our industry for 22 years.
0: Great. And we are actually sitting on both sides of, of, of the Atlantic Ocean, so to speak. <laughs> so if you hear waves in the background, that could be a reason. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Most of if if we start by looking at, at, at uh, the microchannel heat exchanger, the MCHE-shortened, mm-hmm. uh, um, and we're looking at, at uh, where it's being used. We could compare it to the the uh, well, we could call it the traditional fin and tube heat exchanger. Uh, how would you say that this aluminum type MCHG, apart of course from the obvious weight issue, how is that a better construction?
1: Yeah, so the, the first thing you will notice when you look at a micro channel is that it has flat tubes, which has much lower profile than the round tubes in a traditional coil. The advantage of that is there is a lot less pressure drop when the air flows through the coil, and with the same fan you're getting a higher airflow. Higher airflow of course means more heat transfer. Um, and the, the second thing is, inside every tube we have uh, several channels. You may have up to, let's say, 25 channels within a tube. So we have these small channels, millimeter size. And the heat transfer is, is inversely proportional. So the smaller the channel is, or diameter is, the higher the heat transfer. So you get this heat transfer benefit. And uh, finally, I would say in, in, a, in a traditional uh, coil, the, the tubes are expanded to fins and, and that contact is not perfect. If you wiggle the fin a little bit, you can see that it's moving because the contact is, is you know, there's some gaps in there, etc. Uh, and this also creates a, a, a thermal barrier, uh, we, which we call a contact resistance. And in the case of microchannel, the fins are braced to the tube metallurgically, so you get a very sturdy contact and good heat transfer. So, when you combine all these three effects, you get a very high-performing heat exchanger with a microchannel.
0: Great. There's a lot of details we could go into, but let's let's start by just uh, looking at 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 the the use of it, so to speak. Um, would you say it would be possible to replace any finite tube condenser with a microchannel? I mean, can you just do that?
1: Um, in, in the case of a condenser that actually works quite well and, and, and microchannel is becoming more and more common in our industry, um, the limitations for condensers is more limited to, I would say, um, you know, mass production. So this coil actually came to us from automotive industry, and its inherent design was, you know, the way it's manufactured is more suitable uh, for mass production. So every time you make them, you're making 50 or 100 at a time. So for people who are trying to buy you know, maybe 5, 10 coils, etc. it's not ideal and it's not suitable unless they use, you know, pre-manufactured standard sizes off the shelf. But if you want a specific size for your, your unit, then it's not really um, the ideal choice. So for condensers, it's working very well. And also it's finding it's using evaporators more and more. The area where it struggles, uh, this design is maybe not the ideal, is is for heat pumps or evaporator coils below freezing point, like refrigeration applications. Since it's very compact, the um, ice can accumulate on the coil much faster than a typical coil, and then it requires more defrost. Uh, and one other area, you know, uh, maybe not applicable for condensers, or, or uh, but, uh, you know, if you look at chilled water coils, etc., where an internal corrosion might ha- might happen, um, this is not the ideal solution if the water quality is not the best.
0: I see. What what kind of considerations do th- an OEM, for instance, uh, have to take before, say, setting up a a complete production? Uh, Are there any pressure limitations maybe? Uh, We talked about the airflow before. Are there any uh, considerations to be be, uh, taken there?
1: Uh you know this is true not only for micro channel, but all coils all coils in general, uh, that you have to keep the pressure drop uh, on the refrigerant side at, at a reasonable value, otherwise your performance is going to suffer.
0: And,
1: and this is also true for micro channel. Um, and you know we have um, design uh, software or calculation tools that one can use. Uh, to make sure um, the pressure drop is okay. And we also have different uh, designs. So we have channel coils with bigger tubes and bigger ports. So in, in, in case uh, the pressure drop becomes too high, then you can switch to a design with bigger ports to keep it at decent value. Okay,
0: yeah. I see. Uh, what about the other parts uh, are there any uh, con- uh, considerations like uh, fan speeds and stuff uh, maybe pressure regulating uh, valves maybe uh, to take into consideration
1: um, you know since microchannel is is, is uh, a much higher performing coil you're getting a more compact heat exchanger so um, your weight and also your internal volume can reduce up to 70%. That's why a lot of people are switching from, you know, traditional call to market channel uh, to reduce the weight, to reduce the amount of refrigerant in their system, and then to reduce the use of some raw materials. But then, you know, with the reduced internal volume and reduced mass, this coil becomes a lot more sensitive and um, it can react much faster. There is not much thermal mass in it, so the uh, your system is going to react much faster to any kind of change. And um, if you you know, if you don't take care of where your refrigerant goes, if your controls are too slow, and the refrigerant accumulates in your condenser, you will flood your condenser, and your discharge pressure is going to go high because there's no area for refrigerant to condense so your your controls is to be adjusted you can't just keep you know your current controls the way it is and switch to a micro channel and hope that it works in in in
0: some cases it wouldn't Um, let's see and 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 what about i mean condensers sits essentially everywhere in the world are there any uh, environmental considerations that you need to uh, take uh, when when yeah constructing i don't know condensing units maybe or something
1: so you know a market channel is is an all aluminum design versus you know traditional coils that are copper tubes and aluminum fins so uh, because of this it resists galvanic corrosion real well your normal coils you know you'll lose you know, in the traditional cause, you will lose the um, contact between the tubes and fins. Your fins might, you know, fall apart and your performance is going to suffer over time. And microchannel is not like that. It, it actually keeps its performance almost at the same level as the day one because it resists uh, galvanic corrosion. However, uh, microchannel can be affected what's called a general corrosion or the other term people use for that is a pitting corrosion, which might occur on the tubes itself. And if that happens, then you will, over time, can develop a leak on your tubes and you'll lose your refrigerant and you know, you'll have to uh, replace your coil. So um, in an area that is very uh, prone to corrosion, you will have to be, you know, you know, uh, very careful. Like being very close to the coast, or being in an industrial area with contaminants like sulfur, etc. Uh, you you would have to be um, quite careful. Um, so, I mean, things you can do: keep keep your coil as dry as possible. Uh, you can. Um, prevent standing water in your system keep your coil clean Uh, these are some of the things you can do and then we also have um uh alloys that resist corrosion more so you can choose to to uh, purchase a coil with a longer life alloy this is something i will definitely uh, recommend um, even in mildly corrosive areas and if you're in an area which which is You know highly corrosive then uh, you should buy a coil with a factory applied epoxy coating Uh, some people call this e coating Uh, and um, that will uh, ensure that you can have a reliable operation for a longer time
0: yeah I see yeah makes a lot of sense yeah Uh, now, if we if, if if we look at it, seen from a uh, say a, a, a service technician point of view, uh, when 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 being confronted with uh, such an aluminium condenser out there in the wild, what what tips would you would you give to to this um, service engineer when he's uh, yeah well confronted with with this uh, condenser?
1: Uh, number one don't hit it with a sharp object Mm. so if you hit hit it it with something and you damage the tubes then then you'll have a problem there Um, the second thing is if you're doing any kind of work around the coil uh, you have to make sure you know any kind of dirt especially metal shavings are not getting in in, you know contact uh, with the tube if you have metal shavings left On the tubes themselves then you're creating an area where a corrosion might occur Um, and then in general keep the coil clean Uh, you know a dirty coil will retain moisture and etc on it a lot longer and then you'll have more corrosion happening I would say those are those are the things that uh, I can recommend
0: yeah Uh, right so so Working around it would mean that you should actually cover it up as long as you are, I don't know, welding, soldering, phrasing. Uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, and cleaning, I guess, the, the, the operation of cleaning uh, an aluminum condenser would, I guess, be more or less the same thing as with uh, an ordinary and tube, wouldn't it? Um
1: i guess similar but one big difference is you have to be very careful with the chemical cleaners uh, the yeah. chemical cleaners that are designed for uh, traditional um, coils with copper tubes may not be okay with microchannel because because they may attack aluminium mm. uh so we actually recommend water only uh and um and if you're very careful, you can use pressure washer. But, you you, you know, why well, I, I need to warn that depending on the pressure, spray tip, and how close you get, you can damage the coil.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Don't use it if you don't have to. And if you use it, you have to be super careful and, and, and make sure you don't damage the coil.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. So the sturdiness uh, of, of, of uh, this G or aluminum, uh it's 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 slightly more say uh uh less or it's it's more uh less resistive sorry sorry that's what i'm trying to say less resistant to to uh to to mechanical uh, uh damage etc but what about what about uh in in cases where you are actually uh, replacing uh the MCHE with a another one are there any uh, things you need to take into considerations when you are mounting Um, it could be like uh, vibration dampers maybe or uh, flexible hoses or something like that when you are sort of uh, you know mounting it
1: Uh, so uh, you need to make sure that you don't have excessive vibration coming from uh, the tubes uh to the inlet connections in the coil because if you do uh over time if if, you know it depends on the level of the vibration of course if you have high levels of vibration uh, over time you can create a failure at at the connection between uh, the aluminium inlet and the manifold so um if there is vibration then you have to take measures into account to dampen that vibration
0: but but you don't go as far as say we, we need uh, flexible hoses and stuff like that, do you? No,
1: no, no, no. no. Of course not. Oh,
0: no. yeah. And, and there's another thing I've 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 heard, and <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but uh, if you come across a leak in a in a microchannel, uh, is it then possible to, to repair it? Like uh, maybe brace it or
1: how is that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, first of all, I I like to say that it is quite difficult to fix a leak in an aluminum heat exchanger. And um, if the leak is because there is corrosion, so the coil was applied in an area, very corrosive area without, you know, coating or, you know, not using the you know right alloys, etc., and then you have a leak. Repairing that leak would be like you know having an ant invasion in your house, and then you're trying to catch these ants one by one. Of course, you catch one ant, then there is another one that you had to go find. Uh, it maybe a few minutes later, so it will be like that. You fix that you know one area where you see the corrosion, and then you have a leak. There's quite a high chance that. There is another one that will be developing, you know, a few days a week, a month later. So you, you really are not gaining anything by fixing that. If the leak is due to like a mechanical damage, let's say if you hit the coil with a screwdriver and then you create a small hole, yes, you can fix that leak. Um, I, I say... There are two things. First of all, uh, these you know this is not an easy task, and, and not everyone gets successful every time. So you be you could be spending hours trying to fix it, and you may not be successful. Yeah. So you have to take it into account. The second thing is you know if you're using any kind of brazing, you're putting a flame on the coal, etc. You're changing its metallurgical properties, and then it's more prone to corrosion. You know if the coal is inside keeps dry etc maybe that's not a problem if the coil is in an in an area where it can stay wet uh, you know some t- some a portion of its life and then you you uh, you braze it with a flame it will over time may develop uh, corrosion again so your fix is not a permanent fix it's only you know it will work for some time yeah so better to replace i would say this is what we recommend in most cases
0: yeah i guess yeah but in, in, again it, it it makes a lot of sense to do that because i could imagine not that i know a lot about bracing or soldering or anything but i i guess the aluminum um uh the the, the nature of the aluminum is is uh, quite different from from copper for instance so you would have to be Extremely careful with uh, with a flame, I guess. Correct. Um, yeah. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. So let's just say for for ending this discussion or talk. Uh, if if you come across uh, a Danfoss uh, MCHE out there, could you order it by Danfoss, or where would I order that uh, repair uh, uh, coil?
1: Uh, well, it, 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 it depends, uh, you know, in some cases you may have to go to, an, uh, you know, the OEM uh, replacement channel, we may not stock every part, uh, uh, you know, if, if you are using one of our standard range models, then uh, you can, you should be able to order this from your typical uh, dentalist wholesaler.
0: Okay, perfect. Um. Thank you so much, Mustafa, for 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 taking your time uh, answering these uh, not always elegant questions, but uh, still, I hope uh, it has been uh, at least for me, it has been a learning experience to uh, to hear what you say about uh, this uh, MCHE. So, so, thank you so much, Mustafa. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. If you want to know more about the microchannel heat exchangers and plate heat exchangers, have a look at the Sea lessons and sign up for the one about heat exchangers.